Blog Talk Radio. that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. So glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. You can go into our chat room, which is on our website, which is available right now. You can ask your questions. Leave your comments or send a prayer request. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, where our senior pastor is Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, 
Dallas, Texas, seven five two one six. Excuse me. Also, I want to each and every one who are listening to the show and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Yes. Well, question. How do you define love? Although love has four little letters, the definition of love may vary depending upon who you ask. Unfortunately, Many people define love based upon their fears, their past relationships, or someone else's bad experience. Know that God is the creator of love and wants you to seek him about it and everything else. He has provided he has provided tools to help us to know the definition of true Love. Also, how to avoid wrong choices and matters of the heart. So understand, God made love. God is the creator of love and the creator of us. And he wants us to seek him pertaining to how to identify what love really is. So on today's show... We're going to answer one of the viewers' questions that was um, asking about love and the meaning of love. And so we're going to answer that. We're going to say what love is, what love ain't. Also, being able to be healed from past relationships and much more in the episode called What is Love? That's what we're going to talk about today. First of all, I want to acknowledge I'm very glad to be back with you all. We had te- technical difficulties the past couple of weeks, but thank God that we're here and we're looking forward to really just being here, but more importantly, being able to allow God to minister to our hearts and be able to help us in this topic called... Now, first off, we do understand that I don't care if you if you want to say young, old, teenager, grown adult, at some point in our lives, we all have either pursued love or has been pursued or had been pursued about about love. Now, when we talk about love, we're not talking about um physical love. We talking about uh, if you want to talk about dating, let's talk about first in the aspect of dating. Now, love itself, we know that love. When people say I'm in love, we often talk about the feeling or the emotion of love. But I found out something. I found out first and foremost, love is more than just a feeling. It's an action. Now, when a person does something, when a person shows 
action. A person is supposed to show action. If they say they love you, they're supposed to show action. That's a verb. But us receiving that verb or that action word, the result would be an emotional agreement or feeling. But I want to bring something up. A lot of times we often hear that word love, and unfortunately it's used so loosely. A lot of times people can easily say, I love you, I love you, and be the main one to stab you in the back. That could be in the friendship, family, whatever. But love in itself, love is supposed to be selfless. Not selfish, selfless. Along with love, when we look at love, L-O-V-E, I saw something, L-O-V-E. There are three letters, L-V-E. The three letters that are in love, L-V-E, is also in the word live, L-I-V-E. So in other words, love in itself, Not only is it an action word, but it's supposed to produce results. Anything that's alive is supposed to bring results. And so when we look at it, it made me look at this. Things that are alive are supposed to be organic. And so when you look at this, the things that God made, when God made Man, when God made the earth, when God made everything, he said, it is good. Everything that God made is good. And God, being the creator of love, he made love good. Unfortunately, men or man, mankind, has distorted what love is. But going to love and the link between love and life, being what? Something that's active, something that's alive, something that's supposed to bring results. Anything that God has made that is alive is supposed to produce results. So when we look at it, I realize now when a person wants to be healthy, what do they do? A lot of time pertaining to their eating, what do they do? Sometimes they may grow their own food. Let's just say their own vegetation. It might be fruit, fruits or vegetables. They know that it's pure. They can raise it. They can make sure that the proper nutrients is not just in the actual fruit or vegetable, but also the grounds. Make sure everything is fertile. Make sure everything is all natural. But I found out a lot of times uh, people would try to, because of greed, money, there are a lot of people that may try to make artificial food, make artificial fruit or artificial vegetables. And how can you tell that it's artificial? A lot of times they make fruit or vegetables without seeds. Think about it. Anything that God created, he created with seeds. Anything that's natural is supposed to have seeds. But when people 
make things, and a lot of times they'll make it without seeds. What did that say? They're trying to make money. They're being selfish. They're trying to make money, trying to produce a product that actually not designed to what? To bring life. So what they're doing, they're selling merchandise. They're creating something and selling it. And they're selling something that's not producing life. So what's going to happen? You have to continuously go back to them. And it has no nutritional value. So what happening, even if you eating that, you eating it is food, but it's artificial food, and it's not bringing any nourishment to your body. Even though you're physically eating, your body is still deprived. Your body still needs sustenance. And even if you continue to eat that, which is seedless, even though you may continue to eat that, eventually you're going to be malnourished and die. Why? Because it's not live food. It's, it's not even, it's manufactured food. It's man-made with an ill motive or agenda. So, with that being said, that is a seedless product. That is a product that's not designed to, what, to hold life or even the seatless item which is something that was not designed by God but that was man made so the opposite of that is something that has seeds something that has seeds which is organic which is what God made and the things that have seeds or carry seeds bring life and guess what it has life in other words it's live it's living if carries life and it promotes life. The same thing pertaining to love. Love carry a seed. Love carries seed which is selfless. Like I said, the people who made artificial food and seedless food are selfish. They have a motive. They have an agenda. Greed. So those are the people that are greedy, which are not, which is not what God designed for us to have because it has no nourishment, it has no value. But what God created, which carries seeds, which carries life, number one, it's alive and is carrying life within it, which are seeds. So once we eat that fruit or that vegetable, which is alive, that's living, we're eating that, and because we're alive and we're eating something that's nourishment to our bodies, it not only helps us to stay alive, but it keeps us healthy. That's the same pertaining to a selfless love. That's what true love is like. So when we look at it, there are many people who have just like that seedless fruit. We just say the fruit. We just omit the vegetable right now. But like that seedless fruit that has no value, 
they're looking at as just to sell, to be able to make a profit without the concern of those who may receive that seedless fruit. And it's the same way how, like I said, some people are who may be selfish. They're looking out for themselves. They're not concerned about who may be the recipient of that seedless fruit. So when we look at it, True love is what? Selfless, not selfish, selfless. And unfortunately, many people, they have the agenda of trying to get over. Let's just say I'll use for right now, I'll use a guy that may be selfish. He may see a young lady. And matter of fact, I heard, um, I actually heard about the book, um, I don't want to say the name of it, but I'm pretty sure y'all try to follow me. But they talk about a 90-day rule. The 90-day rule, which is supposed to uh, eventually uh, win her over in the bedroom, to get her into the bedroom. That's actually a selfish act. In other words, there's a motive or an agenda, regardless if it's waiting 90 days or to eventually get to that point, your goal is to what? Hop in a bed with her. Your goal is not to see her heart or see who she really is or see who the young lady that God called for to be, young lady or young man, whichever one, because I know there are some young ladies that have followed that night in their room too. thing is, number one, the key thing is when you're supposed to love someone, you look at them not in your own eyes, but you look at them through the lens of God because we all are God's creation. Now, if you really love someone, you look at them as not as property, but you look at them as a child of God. Now, by this being a Christian program, we're not promoting um, sex before marriage. We're promoting abstinence. Ultimately, we tell people, save yourself until you get married. Now, we're not telling you to tell God to kill your flesh. The answer is no. We're telling God to preserve, to preserve it. Why? Because at the appointed time, when it's time for you to get married, you have to I always say the right hand of fellowship. You have the okay. You have the endorsement by God to be able to what? To have sex because it's in the confinement of marriage. And God made sex for marriage. So I do want to put that disclaimer out there. But I will say that God can help you and God will sustain you until the appointed time. So With that being said, true love looks at the individual, like I said, not as property, but as a child of God, a a man of God or a lady of God. But also when it boils down to it, true love is what? Selfless, but also true love promotes something that we often don't talk about. True love is the result of trust. See, 
when you're concerned about someone, when you care for someone, you show a physical act, like I was saying earlier. You show a physical act with no hidden motive or agenda. Your focus is on their need. And like I said, as a result, they receive the feeling or the quote-unquote security because you have earned their trust. Now, when it boils down to it, love is supposed to bring security. True love is supposed to bring security, trust, but also prince of God will be revealed. What do I mean? See, a lot of times when we're questioning things, when we're unsure, we're supposed to seek God and confront God about it. And so what happens when there is an uneasy feeling, God will forewarn you through the spirit of discernment. Now, one of the scriptures that I often talk about that we have to bring up, a lot of times because we say the word love or because we automatically give people um, certain privileges or certain rights before they earn it, we end up getting ourselves in trouble. That's why one of the, one of the scriptures I have to bring up, we have to, we have to look at First Timothy Five and twenty-two. Timothy five and twenty-two. It says, "Lay hands suddenly on no man." What does that mean? That means don't give your approval on anyone until they have earned it, or if they have earned it. See, a lot of times we trust people, but they haven't earned the trust. And unfortunately, that's why a lot of times we end up getting ourselves hurt or used. And not just pertaining to a relationship, it can be pertaining to friendship, uh, acquaintanceship, whatever. Even employment. Sometimes we give a person a position and they're not qualified for it. We haven't checked them out to see if they have earned it or if they can handle or manage, manage that position. So when we look at the same thing pertaining to matters of the heart. Unfortunately, there are people that we put in positions and they're not qualified for that particular position. Why? Because we have not allowed them to prove themselves in that area. Sometimes we go by what we hear because they may say a good thing, but their actions don't correspond with what they say. And then what happens once they get into that quote unquote office or position, then what happens then there's a conflict because you were anticipating one thing, but you got a different result. And that's another thing where we end up getting ourselves disappointed because the expectations were high, but they did not prove themselves. And then we end up, what happened? Either heartbroken, getting used. Um, different things that may happen. So we have to be mindful, like God were said, to be able to what? To watch, to be able to make sure that we don't give people things that they have not earned and you give them what they can manage or what they can handle. 
which also leads to, we often hear this where it says, try the spirit by the spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that you try their spirit by your spirit, because your spirit may not line up with God's spirit. But also, a lot of times, end up going by, not by your brains, but you might go by your emotions or by your heart, which will lead you into trouble. So God wants us to what? Try their spirit by his spirit to see where does it line up at. Because when it boils down to it, I don't care if it's a 90-day rule, a 120-day rule, or whatever like that. A person can't have their motives. That's why God wants us to consult him and have that spirit of discernment to be able to recognize game. Because eventually, the wolf going to come out of the sheep's clothes. They may come out of it in the field. They may come out of it in the dressing room. But eventually, you're going to be able to see that that tail wag out of the clothes of the sheep. But God wants us to be aware. So once we become aware of it, we can be able to ask him to help us how to deal with it. And also, not just before the incident, but also even, unfortunately, sometime in the middle of an incident, in the middle of a choice that you may have made, sometimes God will reveal before it's too late. Matter of fact, I've heard uh, several people, they have found out something on the day before the wedding or the day of the wedding. And guess what? Just because you find out something that could be detrimental that doesn't mean that you need to go on with it. Sometimes, excuse me, sometimes we hear God at the last minute, but it's our responsibility to make sure that we deal with whatever he's given us or the information that he has given us and know that he's given it to us for a reason. Unfortunately, sometimes he might have tried to give it to us early on, but we ignored or we bypassed it or whatever. And then all of a sudden, at the last minute, it hit us like a ton of bricks. And then some people, well, you know, I guess I got to go ahead and go to No. The thing is, number one, if you even if you find out at the last minute and it's something that could be, like I said, detrimental, hey, leave it alone. So that's something that it may you may shed a tear or two, but it's best to shed a tear or two now before you end up doing something that you end up regretting or getting yourself in a situation that you end up regretting or getting yourself hurt or harmed or something like that. You know, uh, one of the incidents I heard that someone uh, discovered that the person that they were marrying was uh, a serial killer or the person was out on the run, stuff like that. You know, when you find out stuff like that, hey, look here, Mm-mm. because you might be the next victim. But also on the same token, you know, if the person could be so deceitful and not tell you those kind of things or even hide those kind of information from you, then just imagine when you do spend more time with them or you end up marrying that person, now you're linked with whatever things that they've been doing behind your back. So it's best. Hey, look here. Like I said, you need to be an investigator. You need to check out people. You need to check out where you are placing your heart to because where you put your heart to, your heart, your mind, your focus, when you're putting your life into 
that's an investment you have to look at. We we are investing our hearts. So that brings up another thing. Look at who you're giving or investing your heart or your love to. Will you be able to get a healthy return? In other words, you giving, will that relationship be reciprocated? That's the way you have to look at it. When you look at someone that you might be interested in, look at, you know what, not just by what they say, but you have to look at their actions. You have to look at their actions because to be honest with you, like I always say, people can talk a good game. But you have to look at what are they are doing. What are they doing? What are they doing? Are they saying one thing, believing another? We have to examine. We have to examine the person's actions. Their words are good. The words you just take notes on. But the actions you make sure that it lines up with number one, God's word, but also your preference or your principles. Because you cannot throw away your identity or you cannot throw away your principles based upon matters of the heart. You can't lose your value, your core values over anybody. That's you. Those are things that should never, ever be changed, should not be influenced by anyone else. That is your foundation. And anytime you either... Get with someone that try to change that, mm-mm, leave them alone. But also making sure that you don't allow yourself to change. The only time you should change if it's to change for the better in the eyesight of God. That's it. But making sure that the influence is not them but God. Make sure that you do it for God's sake, for your sake. Now, this was something that really struck me. A lot of times when we look at it, I was talking about love, and a lot of times people will even try to receive the physical, excuse me, receive the emotional love by doing a physical act of love. What do I mean? A lot of times people associate the feeling of love through sex. People think, well, if I, if I, could just give him some sex, then that'll make him love me. Or some guys may even think, well, if I give her physical love or sex, then that's letting her know that I'm interested in her or I love her. The answer is no. Physical love does not substitute for emotional security or even mental or spiritual security. It does not. I read an article. Will Smith said this, and I quote, he said he's had all the sex that he's ever wanted, but it still didn't make him happy. That was a direct quote from Will Smith. And he's a multimillionaire. Now he's married, have beautiful children, but Will Smith saying that that should let us know sex does not fulfill your needs. 
Sex does not fulfill the void that may be in your life or that may be in your heart. So realizing that sex, number one, even within marriage, we have to make sure that sex is within the marriage, but also understanding that sex is not going to remove the void or fill the void. You have to deal with whatever the void is. That void may be insecurity. That void may be uh, some type of unresolved hurt. That void may be unforgiveness towards those who may have hurt you. Whatever the void is, sex would not fulfill it. Also, I will say this. Sex cannot substitute for communication. A lot, I know a lot of people that have end up trying to give physical love and then they're thinking that it's going to fulfill them and then all of a sudden they still feel empty or frustrated. So what they do, they think sex is the ultimate goal for marriage. No. Or for a relationship. Sex is actually a byproduct, which is within the marriage. Sex is a byproduct, but it's not the main product. So sex is great within marriage, but also making sure that along within the marriage, make sure that you have something that coincides because you can't have, see, you can't have sex 24-7, seven days a week. But also sex would not substitute for good communication, good trust. Being able to just, not just look at the person, but be able to have something, like I said, within marriage. So, sex within the marriage is what God ordained. But sex outside of the marriage, what happens? Sex outside of the marriage complicates things. Sex outside of the marriage, it distorts good sound judgment it distorts it actually end up making things more complicated because you've seen people uh, many of us may even know people that end up dating somebody and knowing that they're having sex and then all of a sudden that person is one person is unhealthy one person um, may be doing something that is unhealthy for the relationship and the per, per, instead of the person leaving you know what they say? They feel stuck. Well, I, I, you know, I'm saying, I'm saying, why are you saying? But I love him. Why do you love him? Well, I just, I just love him. You don't love him. You just emotionally attached to him. See, sex, God made, like I said, God made sex for marriage and he made it for a reason. Sex end up bonding or merging. Like the Bible, it tells us in Genesis, it said, and they became one, talking about Adam and Eve. When they had sex, they became one. That was in the confinement of marriage. Sex within marriage, or excuse me, sex in itself, it brings, it merges. But when you're dating, number one, and you try to have sex, this, that's the first thing. That's already sex outside of God's will. So God can't bless that. But also what happens when you have sex with someone not only are you having sex with them 
physically, but you're having sex with them emotionally and spiritually, which also can bring in soul ties. Soul ties. That means you're not only having sex with them, but you're having sex with everyone that they've been spiritually and emotionally attached to. It's something to think about. So that's why it's so important for us to spiritually examine those that we may be interested in. But also not just examining them, but also you have to give them justice too. You got to examine yourself because sometimes some people may end up linking themselves with someone that is right or that is ready and the other person not ready themselves. The one that they the one that they are examining is right already, but themselves they're not ready. And so it takes them to a person to acknowledge, you know what? Um, I'm not ready. Number one, I need to get myself number one in a relationship with God first. That's first and foremost. But also what God wanna do and God is so concerned about every aspect pertaining to our life. He want to make sure that we are healed of our past and from our past. So that way we won't carry it over into our future. God not only want to heal the wound of the hurt of the past, but he want to heal the wounds, the scars, and the scar tissues of the past. I look at the scar tissues as lingering memories. See, it's just like a regular sore on your arm. The wound itself, when it initially happened, the wound, it could be healed. You could put camphor, phonique, or whatever, put a Band-Aid over, and then all of a sudden, on the outside, it's healed. The, the skin comes back, and the coloration of the skin comes back, but then all of a sudden, when you hit it, on the outside, it looks healed, but when you hit it, it's still sore. Those may be those scar tissues as a result of the injury of the wound. So we have to ask God to heal that wound. And also, just like a regular physical injury, a lot of times we go through what? Surgery after the surgery, then we go to rehab. And that's where God can really move in us, go through a spiritual or an emotional therapy to be able to give those things to God and allow him to help us to walk, be able to walk again, be able to what? Love again, be able to what? Trust again. Now, I will say this. When it boils down to it, with those wounds that may have transpired, well, God want to put you in a place of being able to go on and not attach old wounds to current wounds or potential current wounds. What do I mean? A lot of times people end up comparing someone of the past and the person of the present or the person in the future have no have no spiritual um identity of those in the past. There may be a resemblance, but it's not the same thing. That's where God wants us to be able to help us to look at 
each individual person as who they are, not attached to someone who you were with. So that way we can be able to allow God to help us and be able to see an individual as who they are. Every person is their own person. But I will say this, even though a person has their own identity, but we have to make sure that we check, not physically, but check the spirit of the person. Because whenever we end up holding on to unforgiveness, we end up holding on to unresolved hurt, what happens, those things are staying dormant within us. And a lot of times the devil will end up bring, bringing up the same spirit with a different face. That's the reason why, if you notice, there are some people that end up with the same type of people. It's almost like going to school and you're failing the test. And every time you fail that test, you got to retake the test all over again until you pass. And there are so many people that have been into relationships where they've been with different people, but it's like the same type of person. That's why God wants us to be able to be healed. One of the reasons why God wants us to be able to be healed so that way we don't hold on to that residue within us that will either attract the same type of person or we end up putting ourselves in a position where we end up being treated like how we were in the past. So that's why it's so important for us to give everything to God and also I look at it like this. If you have, let's say you had a glass of, uh, glass of orange juice. You had a glass of orange juice. After you got done drinking that glass of orange juice, you put it in the sink. Now, if you want to drink some milk, and that was the only glass that was available, the one you put in the sink that you had the orange juice with, if that was the only glass that you had, and you just got done eating or drinking orange juice. Now you want some milk. What do you do? Do you automatically get that glass and put some milk in it and you drink it? The answer is no. Because if you do, not only that that milk is going to be nasty, why? Because they still have residue of what was previously in there. What you have to do, you have to make sure that you clean out the glass. You have to sterilize the glass. Number one, make sure that you get all the orange juice out, but also make sure that you kill the germs. So that way, you'll be able to taste the freshness because now when you drink the milk, not only are you drinking milk, which is a, a new drink, but you're also Tasting the freshness of the glass. And that's the same way how God wants to do our hearts. See, when God heals you and he wants to heal you, not only he can be able to give you a new heart so you can be able to receive someone that is right, but also there's a freshness that comes. Anybody have ever bought a brand new car? You love that car, and there's nothing like going into a brand new car and you smell that new car smell. Even if you put a fragrance inside of it, you still smell that fragrance, but there's a freshness with the fragrance, and it complements each other. 
the same way how God could be able to bring somebody new into our lives, but also giving us a fresh heart so we could be able to appreciate the fresh person and the fresh heart while they merge together. But also, it would not be right for us to treat others or how we've been treated in the past or we end up sentencing or punishing someone that's in the present over the crime of someone in the past. God wants us to be able to, you know, move away from that. But also, along with the love, this is something that really struck me. Back in 2005, excuse me, back in 2005, uh, I saw having to watch this uh, TV show, and I believe it was a TRL that was on B. No, it was some show that was on BT, and they they introduced this new video by the late Prince called "Call My Name," and that song pretty much talk about when. Prince heard his thin wife at the time call his name for the first time. And for those that don't know, Prince had uh, adopted the name to Assemble. And then in 2000, he changed the name back to Prince. And the young lady that he married, he said when she first said his name, Prince, it resonated within him. And he ended up writing a song about it. So they showed that video and they were interviewing the audience of how like how they liked the song or how they liked the video, excuse me, how they liked the video. And there was this one little girl that got up and she said that was so beautiful and not only her saying it but she was crying. And she was saying that they don't make songs like that because there was no chivalry. There was no courtship. There was no dating. In these day and time, it's very rare that we talk about respect, love. Everything is so disrespectful. A lot of things are disrespectful and stuff. So I brought that up because me hearing her speak about that for the first time, it really caught my attention. And it showed that there's, there are people that are thirsty for love for chivalry in this day and hour. But unfortunately, all the media is promoting is sex. One night stand. Uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But we don't talk about chivalry, love, how ladies are supposed to be treated. Ladies, like I said, ladies are not properties. Ladies are a gift of God to men. Also, vice versa. We are supposed to be gifts to ladies. Also, being able to, I mentioned earlier, being able to give them what they need, and it does not have to pertain to sex in a courtship. Give them respect. Give them honor. Give them chivalry. And make sure that your motives are what are pure, and make sure that it's selfless. Where your your focus is not on you, but your focus is on them. Ladies need security. Ladies need 
Security. Ladies need affirmation. Ladies need chivalry. All those things, they deserve that. You want to make sure as men, you want to make sure that you receive someone that will stand by you. Because I'm going to tell you like this. There's a, I know that there are some young ladies that may be unfaithful or whatever. Like that. That's, that's one aspect. But not all females are unfaithful. To me, it seems like ladies are, com- are more committable. And unfortunately, they have received a lot of hurt, a lot of disrespect from men. Like I said, we see it on the TV. It's like sex sales. When a woman can take off her clothes, she get paid more. I found out the porn industry, all them people, they pay top dollars for women to disrespect themselves, for women to be half naked. Where is the value in that? Now, they may make a lot of money right now, but look, their soul their reputation, their body is at stake. Ladies, there is no price tag that can pay for you, your values, your worth, your mind, your potential, your purpose. There is no there is no price tag. Anytime somebody try to put a price tag on it, believe me, it ain't of God. Just putting that out there. And unfortunately, if you want to look at, if you want to get a young lady, if you want to get a young lady uh, to do something, but they say, uh, you know, it's almost like a young lady that's successful. The first thing that the media want to do or society want to do is make a pose nude. Why is that? Number one, because they feel like that's all men want is sex. Not every man want that. There are real respectful men that want not a woman, but want a lady. There are real men that's looking for a helpmate, not a hurt mate. And so I hear a lot of people, they categorize men. Well, you know, all men are dogs. No, it ain't. Unfortunately, some people that, some of the young ladies that say all men are dogs, we just got to look at, look, <laughs> look at the environment or the atmosphere you've been looking in. So, you know, if you keep looking in the dog pound, I'm pretty sure you're going to find a dog. But not all men are dogs. Not all ladies are uh, disrespectful or gold diggers. Not all of them. No. So that's why God wants us to be able to look at a person as an individual. Look at people on an individual basis. But also understand for yourself, making sure that you don't put yourself in a position where you end up uh, like I said, being mistreated, being hurt, uh, being used. A couple of things I want to bring up. When we look at it, it can be pertaining to dating, courtship. It should be progressing to something. When I say progressing to something, that doesn't mean that, okay, well, we're going to get married in two more weeks. No, we're not talking about that. But there should be some goal, and it should be leading up to something. Now, depending upon the individuals and everything, because, you know, we still have to be goal-oriented. Along with the relationship, um, there are two different individuals. 
but also you make sure that you are either with someone or you keep your eyes on a person that you feel like that can compliment you. Uh, y'all going in the same direction, you know, and I found this out. A lot of times we go about the scripture where it says, um, do not be unequally yoked. Okay, that's fine and dandy. Uh, but a lot of times people just associate that with, okay, well, if they ain't a Christian, then we can't deal with them. Listen, you all could be in the same church and still be incompatible. You have to look at, okay, are you all compatible? Because there are some people, uh, I found this out, even uh, getting to an argument, ready for divorce, because one person has the toilet paper over and the other person has the toilet paper under. Something just as minute as that. Some people, uh-uh, they'd be ready to fight, all because of something as small as that. So we have to make sure that you look at, are you compatible? The main thing is, how can y'all communicate? Not just communicate, but can y'all resolve conflict? To me, that's one of the major things that we often overlook. A lot of times when it comes down to just communicating, just being able to talk, just being able to share, a lot of times so many people, they have conflict after conflict after conflict after conflict, and there's nothing resolved. And then what happened, next thing you know, somebody may even ready to be throwing in the towel. Like I said, it could be pertaining to courtship or even a marriage. You have to be able to communicate. That's that's one of the major things. Communicate, and then the and actually the second step is communicate. The first step is what resolving the conflict, even if it's being able to uh, agree to disagree. You know, can y'all communicate? Can y'all resolve it? How do y'all resolve it? Will y'all still be able to respect each other? So you have to see that's the kind of person that you're looking at. If you're if you're dating or possibly interested in someone, check and see how they are. Check and see, you know what? Uh, let's see how they uh, problem solve. Hmm. So that's going to be able to really help you to understand because when it boils down to it. When a person is committed to either bring the best out of you or you realize that that person has your best interest at heart, that's good. And also, not just being able to have your best interest at heart, but they respect your values. They respect your words. They respect your heart. They respect the things that pertain to you. And the thing is, and it's reciprocated. Because unfortunately, it's many people, they go and they have a good, like I said, they have good intentions and they love, they know how to love, they know how to treat somebody, but they get somebody that don't know how to treat them the same way. So when we boil down to it, being able to look and see, you know what, can this work? Will this be a healthy relationship? Like I said, where it's in exchange. You know, this person 
is able to love, this person able to give, this person able to forgive. And if you're the only one that's doing that, then that's not y'all relationship. That's your relationship. So that's that's not a healthy relationship. And God won't listen. Like I always say, God is concerned about every aspect of our life. God is concerned about it. God want to know what are your hopes? What are your dreams? Do you want to get married? Do you want to date? Now, he'll show you how to date. Now, one of the things I always say, God would not tell us who to choose, but he'll tell us how to choose. And so in telling us how to choose, he'll tell us, you know, key things to look for. Like I said, a lot of things I was saying pertaining to the inner person because the real person is the inner person not the outer person because you can see somebody and their outside may look good but but as far as the young lady she may have on uh, a wig or she may have on contacts in her eyes so you may you may not be meeting the real person you might end up being uh, meeting a representation <laughs> or even a guy a guy may end up you know putting on some type of facade he might have a nice sports car he's driving in, but you don't know if he's renting that or he borrowing that from someone that he knows. So we talk about inner qualities, things that really reveal the real person. Like I said, a real person, a real identity cannot be cannot be hid. Looking at the person's true character, but also realizing, ladies, you have to be you have to understand that you are in control. You have the choice of who you choose and also who you accept. It's just like when it pertains to an engagement. No man can ever be engaged until the woman accepts his proposal. Get that. Also, because of you knowing who you are, never allowing, and this is male or female, never allow anybody to make you feel pressured upon things. Anytime there is pressure, that means that there is a control factor. That means that there's some type of control or sometimes might even be some type of manipulation. So you ask God by what? Asking God to help you to understand what those feelings are within your spirit. See, a lot of times we often say, well, you know, I had a gut feeling or something don't feel right, and you feel it right in your, look, right below your navel, inside your stomach. That's where your soul resides. That's where your soul, your spirit, man, your spirit, which is inside your soul, that's where it, it is, right there, right below your navel. So as you begin to, fa- I always say, Fast and pray. Mark 9 and 29 tells us, but something come by prayer and fasting. And prayer and fasting, it opens up your spiritual alertness. So when it boils down to something so important as dating, you have to make sure that you consult God and also make sure that you have your spiritual antennas open so you can be able to hear the reception that God is giving you. You can be able to hear the information that God is giving you. 
So that way you won't fall into any trap, but also realize that ultimately God give us a choice. But just like how God give us a choice, we shouldn't be with someone who won't give us a choice. You understand that? See, God has made us free moral agents. And so when it boils down to it, anytime somebody go against your will, they're actually going against something that God doesn't ordain. So guess what? There's not a relationship. Ended. it. Leave it alone. So when it boils down to it, true love does not hurt. True love is not selfish. But also, one of the things I always tell, always tell people, you can't make hard decisions with your heart. You got to make hard decisions with your head. What's the difference? See, if you look at your physical organ, the heart. Now, of course, the real man, like I said, it's right below your navel, the soul, the spirit, where it resides. But let's just look at our physical heart. Let's use our physical heart for an illustration right now. Your physical heart, where's your physical heart? It's inside of a cage called the rib cage. It's protected. In other words, in order to get to the heart or the organ of the heart, you got to break the cage. You got to break the rib. And in order for you to get to that heart and break that rib, it's going to be a lot of damage that has to take place to get to that heart. There's going to have to be a lot of blood. See, it's, see, your heart is protected by blood, by a cage, and also by skin. So God designed our hearts to be protected even beyond a regular, quote-unquote, storm or weather. But your heart is not made to work or to judge. It's supposed to be protected. But unfortunately, many people are making their heart work instead of protecting their heart. And they wonder why their heart is broken, their heart is used, their heart is worn. Because you're designing your heart to do something that God did not ordain it for it to do or create it for it to be made to do. But when we look at our head, our physical head, what's on our physical head? We got the eyes. We got the nose. We got the ears. We can hear with our head. We can taste we can, I said, touch, taste, hear, smell. I forgot which one I missed. Touch, taste, smell, hear, and what? See. All five of those senses we can do to our head. But also, what else pertaining to our head? That's where our brain is. We have to be able to look beyond what we, quote unquote, can feel. We have to be able to look and use all of our senses to make sound judgment. And also, when you think about it, 
five physical senses, that means that there should not be a tie. God can help us, but we have to be able to look, learn, discern all these things and look at every one with our senses so that way we can make a sound judgment. Like I said, our heart, we can't go based upon our heart or our feeling. We have to go by, you know what? Hmm, logic. But most importantly, spiritual logic. Because like I said, the devil will love you But I'm saying like this, the devil don't mind for you to be in love or to get married, to date. He don't mind. He's concerned about you being hooked up with the wrong one. That's it. The devil knows that you can get with the wrong one. Then he realized that you can forfeit your purpose or slow down your purpose, your plans that God has for you. You see how deceitful that is? It's a calculated plan that the devil does not mind. He wants you to be linked up with the wrong one. So what? You could become frustrated. You could end up getting yourself in harm's way. All these things. The devil don't care about. It. Oh, well, I'm, I'm waiting on. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on a man. Okay, that's fine. And then you know what he's gonna do? Why are you waiting on your quote unquote boys? He's going to send a false representation because sometimes imitation comes before the real thing. But when we realize the one that God has for us and the one that God teaches us how to choose, it would. It adds no sorrow. We should, first of all, we should make sure that our relationship with God is so tight, so secured, that when someone that false comes, we'll recognize that it don't match what you and God have. See, think about this. Have you ever seen someone that they try to fit in and you know they don't fit in? It's like they stick out like a sore thumb. Well, you have to look at your relationship with you and God so tight where the person that you might be interested in, if they stick out, then they're the wrong one. But if they come in and they complement the relationship, I mean, it's like a well-fit glove. If they just fit in, they just fit in like that, oh, that's, hey, pray about it. That might be the one that God tell you, hey. He makes the cut or she makes the cut, (laughs) you know. Oh, that's a potential candidate. Hey, but the choice is yours if you want to, you know. So God is going to help us, but he wants us to depend upon him and consult him in everything pertaining to our life. And like I said, is God concerned about your courtship? Yes, he is. But he wants you to understand what true love is. True love is not trying to hide you and only want you for your body. You know, um, they don't know anything about you. No, true love is interested in you. The person that really loves you is interested in you. In other words, I'm going to say it like this. You are their favorite subject. As a lady, the lady is supposed to be, like I said, supposed to be protected. The man is the one that shows love, respect, chivalry. And you can do that without being married. But making sure that you still be respectful and keep yourself, like I said, keep yourself until you get married. 
But also, I'm going to say this. If you see somebody that's going behind your parents' back, first of all, I always say this. True love, or I say with a man, a guy pursuing a young lady, he's going to respect her values and her family values. I found this out. A lot of times when there's a guy that's trying to hook up with a girl and he end up trying to elope behind the parents' back, he's no good. Why is that? He's doing that for a reason. And also, guys, on the flip side, if a young lady that you're dating she tell you, hey, look, we need to go, you know, we need to go on a lope or whatever like that. Uh, I don't care what my family think, whatever. Uh-uh. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why is that? Because if she won't honor her family, if y'all become a family, she won't honor your family. She won't honor your your biological family that you come from or even the family that you all creating with each other. That's an unstable person. That's an untrustworthy person. See, that's a betrayal. That's a betrayal that's waiting to happen. She already did it with her family that she known all her life. But now you think that, oh, because you you got this money or you know how to work it in the bedroom or whatever. Oh, you can make everything right. You know, or you can change her. That devil is a lie. Uh-uh. But also, I'm going to say this while I'm on this subject. Even pertaining to change. Ladies, you can't change a man. You cannot change anybody. Listen, if they won't let God change them, what make you think you're going to change them? That's, mm, that's uh, wrong thinking. I'll just say it like that. That's not logic. Women, I don't care how he looks. I don't care how you may dress or how fit you may be. Never think that you can do something that God won't do. Or I'll put it like this. God is not allowed to do. I'll say it like that. But also, I'm going to say this. If by chance they're going to do it for you, but they won't do it for God, then that means that they're putting you in the place of God. And that will never work. So, ladies, you have to see if this guy that you looking at and they already have the potentials of being a non-supportive husband, an inactive husband. Also, I'm going to say it like this. If they have children and they're not active in their children's lives, don't think, well, all he needs is a good woman, and then we're going to get married and have some kids, and he's going to be a great father. No, 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 no. The example is right in front of you. If they if they won't respect their own biological child, you need to leave them alone. Because if you end up getting pregnant and they are the father, what makes you think they won't do the same thing with your child? Mm-mm. So please, let's use, like I said, use your head, not your heart. Don't go on false representation. Don't go on potential. Go on reality. 
when you deal with reality, then you can make a healthy choice and God will help you to choose wisely. But as long as you go on potential, you're going to always set yourself up for failure. In other words, your expectation, you, you're expecting one thing and you'll never be happy because you put expectations. And we don't need to be going on expectations. We need to go on reality. Even reality. Is this person incredible? Can this person be trustworthy? If, if it's yes, then great. But if it's no, uh-uh. But also ask yourself and write them down. I believe in writing things down because I'm a visual person. And I, even in the Bible, it said, hey, write the vision. Make it plain. Write down your deal breakers, male or female. Write down your deal breakers and stay true to them because there are so many people. Well, you know, matter of fact, um, I'll say it like this. One young lady who never had a criminal record before ended up helping this guy get out of jail. She messed up her own life. She was dealing with a guy that was a known criminal, and she helped him get out of jail, and her record was squeaky clean. But now it's tarnished, and they they won't be together. Because they're not, number one, they won't be in the same cell. She had her freedom, and she forfeited her freedom because of the wrong choices she made. If he was telling her or asking her, hey, can you help me get out of jail? Uh-uh. No. She should have left it alone right then and there. But because of, what, her decision, she ended up getting herself in a situation where pretty much, her life is destroyed. So we have to look at the people that we might be interested in, the people that we might be wanting to pursue. Can you see, not just can you see yourself with them, but can you see them with Christ? Can you see them with Christ? And like I always say, just because somebody go to church don't mean that they save or delivered or obeying God's word. So ask yourself, based upon what you know, is it something that will help? Is it something that will complement your purpose? And also, would you be able to complement their purpose? Like I said, everything got to be reciprocated. Ask yourself that. Ask yourself, do they blend in? Or are they a fit for my family? Because I know a lot of family members, they can't stand their in-laws. They call them outlaws. Matter of fact, um, one of my well, my godfather, unfortunately, he just buried one of his uh, brother-in-laws. And I was hearing him talk about his brother-in-law, and it's funny. I know the brother-in-law, and uh, I would see him from time to time and their interaction and everything, and I just fall out laughing. But they got along like brothers. And matter of fact, he was saying, and he was saying that they've been together for 40-some-odd years. They were friends before they became brother-in-laws. They were friends first, and then eventually uh, my godfather ended up marrying his sister. And so that's a perfect fit. But then there are others. They fighting their brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws fighting and all that stuff. They can't get along, won't get along. You know, you have to look at, 
Are you able to tolerate that? Do you want to tolerate that? Because you're looking at it, you're dating this person, but you're not only dating that individual, you're dating a family. So you have to look and see, you know, get a chance to know the family. Get a chance to spend some time with the family. Communicate with the family. You know, you're building a, a relationship or a friendship with a person of interest. You need to do the same thing with the family. And like I said, this is without a motive. Because you you want to know. You want to know about them. But also, I found out even from my own personal experience, even when you check out uh, the person of interest family, a lot of times you even find out more about yourself. You found out some things about yourself, you know. So I encourage that, you know, and just even, like I'm saying, from, from my experience, even from what I've dealt with recently, you know, it's been very enjoyable for you to be able to, Look at the person and be like, hmm, okay. You see the person of interest, then all of a sudden you begin to see their family, intermingle with their family. Okay, mm-hmm, yeah. You learn a lot. Like I said, you not only learn about the person of interest, you learn about the family, you learn about yourself. You know, how can this equation work? Will this equation work? That's wisdom. You have to be able to do that because God wants us to what? God wants us to be fruit inspectors. I always say that. God wants us to try the spirit, buy the spirit, but also check out the person's fruit. Being able to check out a person to see, you know what, um, will this work? Put yourself in different scenarios and also, like I said, examine because it's not just you pursuing them. Not just them pursuing you, but also you examining yourself in comparison with them. So those are some of the things we have to look at. So that way we can make healthy choices. And last but not least, I want to bring this up. Even though there may be people who may have went into relationships or went into love. Unfortunately, there may have been some that pursued and it failed. And one of the things I always say, a lot of times, it's not the point that you love which was wrong. No, it wasn't the point of you gave your love out, problem of who we gave our love to or who we gave our heart to. See, if a person have a gun, depending upon the target, that would determine if the gun was for a good purpose or for a bad purpose. In the hand of someone that is uh, an adult, responsible, someone that, let's say, may even be a hunter, and they're killing an animal to eat. Okay? That's this is a good target. But then that same gun in the hand of a robber. That's a bad, 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 bad target. <laughs> See, the problem ain't the gun. The problem is the individual and their target. Mainly the target. So when it boils down to it, <clears throat> asking God to help you to not just being able to give your heart or give your love, 
but ask God to help you with the target of who it's going to. And also realize that God is concerned and God wants us to be able to be in a healthy, happy relationship that will, number one, honor him and help you to fulfill the purpose and plan, but also allow you to help them with the purpose and plan also. And also realizing that when it boils down to true love, like I said, true love don't hurt. God has a purpose and plan for us. And also he want to know if you want to be married, you know, it's all a, it's all a choice. There are some people who choose to be married. That's great. There are some people that choose to be single. It's them. But making sure that the choice that you make is a healthy choice, not being single or remaining single out of fear or not remaining single because there's an unresolved hurt or unresolved forgiveness, unforgiveness. So I brought that up because no matter what, if those people who are listening now, whoever been in a relationship, if you've been hurt, if you've been used, if you've been cheated on or whatever, make sure that you forgive. Make sure that you Allow God to release it out of your hand and you put it into his hands. Now, there are some people who've been hurt and they've been hurt so bad that they want to see that person suffer. But get get this. That would not bring peace. That would not bring healing. Even if that person did you wrong. The key thing for you to do is give them over to God Ask God to remove the hurt and you forgive them. See, like I always say, forgiveness is not so much for them. It is for you, for you to be able to keep your slate clean, for you to be able to keep your spirit clean and clear, for you to be able to still be able to receive the information that God, look, has for you, for you to commune with God because you don't want your Spirit troubled. You don't want your spirit polluted because of the foolishness or the act of others. Anytime we hold on to unforgiveness, like I always say, that's drink. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. But also realizing who we hold on to unforgiveness towards or who we hate is also who we become. Those that individual end up dictating our life emotionally, mentally, even spiritually. End up focusing so much on them and less of the focus on God or even ourselves. So asking God to forgive, help you to forgive them. And also I'm going to say this, even if they go on with their life before you, it's still okay. Even if they have done your children wrong, they have abandoned you and your children, then all of a sudden they end up going into another relationship and they treat the other children better than the children that you have with them. Get this. That's the strategy that the devil is trying to do to make you become somebody that you're not, to make you hold on to unforgiveness or bitterness, and it will destroy every type of relationship that you're in. Or you try to pursue not just a courtship, but even a friendship, a family, business deals. It can destroy. It can pollute. So God wants you to be able to give it to him because ultimately 
a lot of times people want revenge because of how somebody treat them. And listen, holding on to unforgiveness will not bring revenge, will not bring peace, will not resolve anything. Even if that person, like I said, go on with their life, bid them well. See, I found out God is not going to bless you based upon how you treat your friends. Sometimes God will bless you based upon how you treat or how you feel towards your enemies, those who do you wrong. The Bible tells us that he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. But unfortunately, so many people, instead of paying attention to the table that's prepared, they pay attention to their enemies. And the enemy is not the focus. The table is the focus. But more importantly, God is the focus. But as long as we keep our eyes on our enemies, we miss the table and we miss God. So God wants us to be able to get the focus off of our enemies and get back into the focus of him because he's the one that's preparing the table in the presence of those who are doing us wrong or who has done us wrong, who have hurt us, who have mistreated us, who has abandoned us, who has lied on us, who have left us. So what? Don't you know when your enemies go on with their life and go on and they may prosper or whatever like that, that does not mean that your blessings have been counseled or delayed. No, don't allow the devil to trick you to think that your true peace will come if you see those who hurt you suffer. Mm-mm. No, so what you need to do is understand that your blessings are independent from your enemy's blessings. Your blessings does not stop because your the person who hurt you is going on. Listen, even if, and I found this out, I found this out to be so true, being able to pray for your enemies as if they've done you no wrong. Now, that's not going to be able to happen in your own ability or strength. That's why you have to allow God to do it. Allow God to help you to be able to what? To be able to ask him to help you to forgive, help you to move on, help you to be able to go on with your life. And he can do it. He can help you in every area of your life. And so, for those who are listening, I want you to know no matter what's going on in your life, God can help you. God wants to help you in every area of your life, even pertaining to matters of the heart. But realize, he's not going to force himself. God is a gentleman. He's knocking at the door. He's not going to have a forced entry into your heart, the door right now. Allow him to come in. Go to the door. Open the door. And if by chance you want God to help you to be able to move on, want you to be able to love again, he can help you. God can not only fix your broken heart, he can give you a brand new heart, a brand new mind. He can help you in every area for you to be able to go on. Also, not just those pertaining to uh, relationship or love, 
but also every part of every part of your life God is concerned about. And not just pertaining to not just pertaining to the um like I said, the love or even the purpose, your purpose in life. But also just in case you have other uh prayer requests or desires, we're gonna give everything to God right now. Everything that pertains to your life, we're going to put it right there at the altar. Just in case, I've been talking all this time about God. Just in case you don't know his son, Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Romans 10 and 9 tell us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ, thou Savior, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you're not saved, even through this podcast, even in the midst of listening to this program, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I will invite you right now to allow him to come in. Like I said, he's standing at the door. He's not going to kick the door in, but allow him to come in. Come into your life. Come into your heart. And know that he will never leave nor forsake you. He will never abandon you. I don't care if uh, baby mama, baby daddy, Ex-husband, ex-wife left you. Jesus Christ will never leave you. Like I said, he will never leave nor forsake you. He will never abandon you. And I'm telling you from personal experience, even in the toughest and roughest time of your life, he was right there. Only will see you through, but he will carry you through. So no matter what transpires in life, realize you don't have to be alone. And if there's any other prayer request that you may have, we're going to give it to God right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today, God. God, we ask you, Lord, to help us right now, God, to be able to see you in every area of our life right now, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you help us, God, to be able to trust you in every area of our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we know, God, that you have our best interest at heart, God. And, God, we ask, Lord, if there's anyone that's been listening, God, who don't understand what true love is, God, first of all, God, help them to understand, God, that you are the creator of love because you exhibited love when you died for us on the cross right now, God. God, we ask, Lord, to help us, God, to be able to understand, God, what love is through your perspective, God, through your eyes, through your lens right now, God. Not from our opinion, not from our hurt, not from our idea, God, but from your word, God. God, we ask, Lord, to help us, God, in every area of our lives right now, in the name of Jesus. And standing by everything you stand for. We bound every problem. We bound every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask Lord to help God those who may have been hurt. God, touch and heal their bodies right now. God, help touch their mind. God, touch their heart right now. God, there may be some that may have received a broken heart right now. God, there may be some God whose spouse may have left without a trace. God, God, we ask Lord to help them. God. Provide the funds, God, that will help them, God, to be able to get on their feet right now, God. Even those right now, God, who have been mistreated in love right now, God. We speaking, God, that you help them, God. God, we speaking, God, that you help them to move on, God, mentally and emotionally right now, God. God, we even speaking, God, even those who have been spiritually abused, God, emotionally abused, God. God, we speak, God, that you help them, even physical abuse, God. 
that you help them, God. Heal them, God. Provide the resources, God, because you are the source. Provide the resources, God, that will help them, God, to get on their feet, God, to get the help that they're needing right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we speaking, God, those who may be listening, God, who may be bereaved right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you'll be with them, God. God, that you comfort them right now in this hour, God. God, every other prayer request, God, those who may be looking for a job, God, lead them to the right one right now, God. God, those who may be in the hospital room, God, that may, they need healing right now, God. Touch and heal their bodies right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, there may be somebody right now, God. They're dealing with an addiction, God. It might be pornography, God. It might be lust right now, God. Help them to give everything to you right now, God. Help them, God, and God, allow them, God, to have an accountability partner right now, God. Help them, God. Lead them, God, to the help that is needed right now, God. And, God, we speak, God, even pertaining to the courtship right now. Help us to court your way, God. Not society way, God, or even our opinion, but God, your way, God. Help us, God, to be able to court, God, for love, not for lust right now, God. Help us, God, to have your best interest at heart. Help us to have uh, your best interest at heart, God, and help us to understand that you have our best interest at heart right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God. It's men, God, to respect ladies, God. Not treat them as trash, God, but treat them as treasure right now, God. Not as property, God, but as a promise that you have given us, God. You have given us, God, a valuable a valuable jewel right now, God. God, we ask for to help the ladies, God, to be able to respect the men, God, to love the men, God, to be able to honor the man right now, God, as who they are in you right now, God. Not somebody from the past, God, but God, help each and every one of us, God, who may have experienced anything pertaining to hurt, anything pertaining to the past, God. Help us to be able to move on, God, and give everything to you and be released from the hurt, from the pain, from the shame right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak, God, that you help us to forgive right now once and for all, God. Wipe the slate clean from those who may have hurt us and those who may have done us wrong right now, God. And we thank you, Lord, for the testimony from this. We thank you, Lord, for the union, God. Thank you, Lord, for the courtship and the marriages that's coming from this right now. In the name of Jesus, and we give you the glory. We give you the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and listened, who supported this program. If you have any suggestions on topics, future topics, feel free to contact me on Facebook. My name is Brother Prater. You can also, on Facebook, you can see my daily devotion and my videos on my page. Also, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men of the needs and responsibilities to their families, children, spouse, or even children's mother to inform women the needs of men and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father, excuse me, and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to the show and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.